I think we all may find ourselves from time to time in a position where like today is difficult to deal with. I know what it feels like to be in those dark places. And for me to know that and to be on the other side, it's very difficult for me to not reach back. You're listening to the Start Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Chloe McKenzie, and I'm glad you're here for the epic conversations that will take you from aspiring to actualizing your dreams. Let's get started right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Start Right Now podcast. Today's guest is going to give you so much to think about and to noodle on. I'm speaking today to Marsha Dixon. She is the founder and CEO of Girls Can Dream Too. And this organization is really about dreaming big and living boldly. Why? Their mission is about unlocking the potential of every girl of color by dismantling barriers and overcoming obstacles. Marsha, as you'll hear in her story, she has overcome a ton of life-altering obstacles, but her story certainly did not stop there. I've connected with her through Canada's Total Mom competition, and where she started is not where she ended. She persevered, and we're going to hear all about it today. So please welcome to the show, Miss Marsha Dixon. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Marsha, I'm really excited for people to to hear your story today. Uh, and I'm excited just as a new connection of yours to really dig into it because, as I mentioned, I'm just so inspired just hearing little pieces of your story. So before we get into that, though, I like to get started my with my interviews with some rapid fire questions for our listeners to get to know you better. So are you ready for the rapid fire questions? I'm ready. Sounds good. All right. Here we go. First question. What are you working on right now? Right now, I'm working on the launch of Girls Can Dream Too. Nice. What is your superpower, if you had to say? I would say my superpower is being able to empathize with people. Three words to describe your creative process. I would say meaningful, um, intentional, and impactful. Words that you live by. Well, I'm a woman of faith, so I'll say, uh, with God, all things are possible. Amen. And uh, name something that you can't live without. That is definitely chocolate. Oh, chocolate. Any particulars? Any favorites? I don't do dark chocolate, but any other chocolate I will gladly devour. Now I know your your soft spot. I'll have to um, to make note of that for all the holiday times. <laughs> Well, Miss Marsha, you are an absolute powerhouse. Your your smile, your energy is contagious. And uh, I've started to see firsthand just little bits of your story, as I mentioned, and how far you have come. I was so moved by hearing uh, just the things that you've been through, everything from surviving abuse, periods of homelessness, incredible disappointments to, again, now being recognized as a business with incredible potential in Canada in terms of Canada's total mom competition. So take me back there. What were you going through and how did you pull yourself out of such a tough situation? Okay. Well, you know what? I'm so glad that I was able to meet you um, as a fellow semi-finalist on the Total Mom Show. I've been making such great connections through that uh, avenue, and I'm, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. I know it's amazing. When I, when I sit down and I think about it, I'm like, how did I get from here to there? When did that happen and how did it happen? But uh, I'm glad that it did. I'm really glad that it, it did because it's been a long journey for me. It hasn't been an easy journey at all. Uh, but I'm thankful that I'm able to sit 
and talk about it. So yes, as you mentioned, my life has had a lot of twists and turns, ups and downs, uh, where things started to go away is when I became a teenage mother at the age of 16. And during those times, uh, teenage motherhood was still something that was looked down upon and held a lot of stereotypes with it. So in the public, it wasn't an easy journey to walk. I had to stop going to school. I was in high school at the time. And um, when I actually became pregnant, it brought a lot of shame and disappointment to my family that was super traditional. And as a result of that, they ended up kicking me out of the home. And so I had nowhere to go but to the father of my child, who eventually became abusive towards me for the next seven years. That's heavy. And so you're in this precarious situation that lasted all these lengths of time, but then you started to slowly create opportunities to connect with others, to find support for yourself. How did you start to pull yourself out of what I'm sure would have felt like you know, the bottom. I think we all may find ourselves from time to time in a position where the present, like today is difficult to deal with, not to mention what you have to take on for tomorrow. And this can manifest in so many different areas of our lives. For me, I was in the darkest of places. You know, I was challenged with thoughts of suicide, depression. There also came a point where I actually felt that death would have been a more pleasant experience than what I was enduring day after day. So when we speak of like the will, sometimes the will of bringing yourself out of that situation, sometimes I think as human beings, we may not be able to even find that will or that strength to do that. And for me, it really started when I began to tap into a little tiny minute amount of faith. And that faith inside of me told me that there was a chance that things could be different or they could be better. And once that faith was ignited in me, then action went along with that. And I started to make a plan, first of all, to leave that abusive relationship. And then I mustered up as much courage as I, I could so it started for me believing that, that there could possibly be something else on the other side of this, a glimmer of hope. And um, that actually mm -hmm. started the wheels in motion. Mm -hmm. What did you see for yourself at that point as the alternate, as what your life could be? Well, for me, what was really important at that time was to create a comfortable and happy life for my son. I always look back and I say... <laughs> You know, it was never my life's plan to become pregnant at 16 years old. It was never my life's plan to be living alone with the father of my child. But in a way, the birth of my son actually saved my life because it was because of him that I wanted to seek a better life, you know, and uh, get out of my present situation. Isn't that interesting how outside looking in, people might look at what could have been the most challenging things that happened to you and a, a turning point of what would have made your life really challenging that 
you know, you being a, a mother at a young age, but you sit here and say, you know, this was the impetus for you to start thinking differently about your life and for you to start creating new possibilities for yourself. Is it uh, through time that you've started to adopt such a, a positive perspective or did you know at the time that, you know, this challenge is really my blessing that's about to evolve um, into something greater? Yeah, it's definitely something that I had to come into in terms of understanding. I just knew that there was a motivating factor and I didn't know what that was or maybe I just didn't have the word, the language for it at the time. I wanted to be safe. I know that. I wanted my son to be safe and I wanted to have a decent life. I, I wanted to be happy and I wanted him to be happy. Over time, in reflection, it's when I realized that he actually was a blessing in disguise. How did you go from really all the challenges you yourself had to navigate through to the decision and, you know, really stepping into being somebody that supports others through their own challenges? Because I saw that at the time you were rallying people in other groups, getting other moms that need support together. What was that shift like? I mean, it took a long time for me to to heal. And when I was in a good place, it was important for me to be able to give back. It was something that was very natural to me because I know what it feels like to be in those dark places. I know what it feels like to have no hope. I know what it feels like to have no support, whether it's family, community, or friends. I lost basically all of my friends during this time. And for me to know that and to be on the other side, it's very difficult for me to not reach back and want to offer some help. So there's different things that I've done over time. I've put together a lot of support groups. So I've done a support group for single parents called HOPE, and that stood for helping our parents excel. I also facilitated a group for young girls called GLOW, and that was a support group that took a holistic approach. I've also done small community initiatives. I have a group online called Mommy and Baby. And so we support each other. We ask questions. We um, trade tips and we, we exchange items. And oftentimes it may come in my radar that there's a young single mother in need of help. And I can always reach out to my Mommy and Baby group and we come together and we donate items to them. On a personal level, you know, I have a soft spot for single moms, obviously, because I was there. And so if there's someone who's in need of diapers or finances or supplies or even a place to stay, uh, my doors are always open to that. And I'm willing to help come alongside to be that support that you need to get to the next level. Because in my personal life, I found that that's all that I needed was the support and um, it can change somebody's life. A hundred percent. Even just being a, an ear and and being able to share your own challenges and, and being able to empathize, like you said, empathy is one of your, your superpowers. I can tell that. What's it like being so transparent just about the challenges that you've been through, even though it is in service of helping other people get to the other side um, I can imagine there's still reservations that you might have in, in sharing all the things that you've gone through. What's that been like? It's not always easy to be so transparent or naked before people because you consider what are people going to think about me? Um, are people going to treat me differently after this? Is this going to help anybody at all? But what I found over the years is that 
as I began to open up more about the things that I've struggled with, the things that I've been through, I had more and more people coming up to me after these speaking engagements and, and asking me questions, asking if they can stay connected with me. They wanted to also know how did my story end or what happened at this point. So that's when I began to realize that our stories help one another. And there's always somebody who's waiting to hear that you have gone through what they've gone through, but you persevered, or that you can even relate on some kind of level. So now, like I said, it took a while for me to be healed and to be in a good place. But when I share my story now from a good place, I feel such a sense of gratitude. I'm grateful because I can tell my story. I'm on the other side. But I'm also grateful that my story empowers and can affect the lives of other women so that they can also know that there's hope beyond their circumstances. Yes, I can totally see that. And it, it sounds like you've really found purpose in the pain that you went through and you're able to channel that now into your mission in your latest project, Girls Can Dream Too. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that organization came together and, and what uh, it's all about? Yes, uh, Girls Can Dream Too is definitely my baby. I'm so passionate about it, and I'm so glad that it's actually grown legs and is walking now. Um, this has been something that has been in my heart for the longest time. Like I said, I've always been able to identify needs in my community, identify gaps, and I have no problem putting myself out there to do what I can. And I've taken all of those experiences, even in response to COVID-19, I recently started an initiative called Do-Gooders because it was really heavy pressed on me to think that this is happening all over the world and there's people who may not be receiving you know, similar benefits that we receive in Canada when we're not working, the CERB and such. People who don't even have access to that may not be working. Everything's closed down. How do they survive? We just recently finished an initiative where we identified 10 families in Jamaica seniors who were affected by COVID-19 living in very rural areas. And I was able to raise funds and we donated food boxes to each of those seniors. I partnered with someone down there, a wonderful couple, and it was just so satisfying to know that we did something. We've also done initiatives where we've treated moms during Mother's Day, during COVID, new immigrants who are new to Canada, we put together packages for them and their families as well. So Girls Can Dream Too, I feel, is just all of this that I've been doing put into one big happy ball. And uh, it's my delight to work with women and girls of color specifically because I believe those communities are so underserved. It's my delight to be able to come alongside them and help them navigate resources and services, and even be able to house and provide my own services. So we focus on education, equal opportunity in employment, mental health, wellness, and also empowerment sessions. And so I see your launch is coming up soon, six days away. Yes, and the six days actually falls on my birthday. So I'm a December baby. And last year, what I did for my birthday, instead of people giving me birthday gifts, I had asked for people to make donations. And we provided those donations to the YWCA Durham for their Christmas market. The YWCA Durham has um, a shelter as well as second stage housing for women and their families. And they hold a Christmas market every year where the mothers can go in and kind of shop for their 
their families. And so all of my friends, coworkers and such, we came together and donated a whole bunch of items. So this year, my gift is Girls Can Dream Too. I love it. That's beautiful. Happy early birthday. Thank you. What's it like seeing this mission come to life? You said be, you've been thinking about it, dreaming about it for four years. What's it like to see your baby finally come into the world and to be able to level up your impact? Well, as we both know, labor is not easy. <laughs> but when we see that little faith, it's all worth it in the end. And I get asked this question a lot, if I could do my life over would I have changed everything? And I think the common answer would be, of course, like who would want to endure all of that pain, all of that struggle. But I find that it's in the struggle and the challenges of life that we are really formed. We're forged in that fire. And I do believe that we have a deeper purpose in life, a higher purpose. And who's to say, maybe if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be where I am now, being able to help others. And so I look at it that way, and I, I'm so appreciative of my life. Now I'm, I'm happy. I have a loving husband, a loving family, loving children. Things are good for me. I really can't complain. I'm a semifinalist in the Total Mom Show with uh, this baby that I've been dreaming about for so long. And it really is my hope that others would believe and know that if I was able to make it through, that they can too, and to never give up on their dreams. Yes. I think there's so many people out there that when they go through a hard season in their life, they start to count themselves out of the possibility that their dreams could still come true and, and think that their shot is over. So I think that's really awesome advice and encouragement. What's your your best hope in the next chapter of Girls Can Dream 2? And you know what are you already starting to experience as a result of being a part of the competition? I've had a lot of people reach out to me and want to collaborate. So that's really awesome. I've had a lot of positive feedback from my community and from uh, family and friends that are just encouraging me and love what I'm doing. So I, I really feel the support around it and that's great confirmation as well. Looking forward, what I'm looking forward to is strong partnerships with community members who are like-minded in their mission and service. I am also looking for people who are in the sector that I'm serving to access these services. And you know what, sometimes we have to go to the people. And I'm not afraid to do that at all. And so I will be doing a lot of work, quote unquote, in the trenches, where I am going to really go out and seek out these people who may need the help. There has to be that relationship that's there. And so I'm willing to do what it takes. What were some of the things that you personally did that you could pass on as advice to others who are trying to get their programs, projects, ideas for their mission work up and running, what are some of the places that you can point them to as they start to figure things out in the way that you have? Well, I would definitely encourage people to look for mentorship. Uh, look for someone who is doing what you want to do and try to get insight and guidance from them. I definitely did that and it was a great learning tool for me. I would also say if you're in this line of work, get involved with your community. 
you know, get to know your neighbors, get to know the people who work in the local shops. People like to know and, and feel like they can trust you and, and they know you. And also to speak to someone who maybe thinks that it may be too late or they've missed their timing in terms of purpose or starting that new business. What I would encourage is instead of looking at what you haven't done, look at what has happened up to this point. So we all have a, you know, a certain amount of time here on this earth. And if you look at all of the years that you've already spent here, it's way too much to turn back now. And I look at things from that perspective to encourage even myself to keep going. I've come too far to turn back. What's been the biggest learning for you along your journey in terms of growing and building and creating Girls Can Dream Too? Well, for me, it has been believing in myself. And as I mentioned before, I am a woman of faith. And so I believe that God has a purpose for me. And holding on to that allows me to walk into spaces that I may not be qualified to be in or to sit at tables where I have no idea what I'm going to say. It's an encouragement that helps you to believe not in your abilities per se, but in the power of God. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you do to strengthen your faith on a regular basis or any practices that you have, whether it's prayer, gratitude, journaling, just to really, again, be connected with your sense of purpose? Yes, prayer is definitely an important part of my life to keep that connection. Also, I kind of have a morning ritual that I do. I, I Every single morning, I listen to that song from the movie Rocky, Eye of the Tiger. Do you? That's your like pump you up song yes. in the morning? I love it. That's my song. <laughs> so uh, my son, I, when I drop him at school, it turns on automatically in my car every morning. And he's there like jamming in the back. Like, yes, yes, yes. I've got the Eye of the Tiger. So I'm glad that he's picking that up. But that's what gets me pumped. That's what keeps my eye on the prize. And that's what keeps me encouraged to go. I love that. That is a lot of fun. I, I got to get a, a song like that going in the morning for sure. So how can people support you and Girls Can Dream 2 going forward? You've got your launch coming up. Where can people rally around you to help you uh, you know, achieve the mission that you set out to? So uh, the launch that's happening on December the 14th will be also the launch of our, our website. We're just finishing up some details there. And the website is www.girlscandream2, that's T-O-O dot com. It would be helpful if people uh, were to visit the site. They can do that even now and be added onto our emailing list so that they can be kept up to date with what's happening, the programs that we'll be rolling out and when and how to register. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, and that would be under at Girls Can Dream. And this is the number two now, at Girls Can Dream number two. Awesome. Well, we are going to have links to all of that in the episode notes. Marsha, I am rooting for you hard in this Canada's Total Mom Show competition and uh, really just proud of your story, proud of everything that you're doing. And it's amazing to, to see you rise and see you step into your calling. So congratulations again. And we look forward to seeing the results and, and seeing you continue to, to shine over the next couple of months. So Thank you for joining me today and for sharing your story. I think it will be very inspiring for people on the other end who might feel as though 
they're stuck, they're in a tough place, and they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but persevere, and there's better waiting for you on the other side. So thank you for being here today. Yes, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this time talking to you. That's my message for you today. Get started right now.